do not prepare to make mistakes but make mistakes to prepare never be afraid to make mistakes right that's only the only way to go forward is that and once you have your mind set on that you have your goal you have your focus and you're not afraid to make mistakes you are dialed in there will always be somebody stronger faster and smarter than you surviving depends on your adaptability to change those who are the most adaptable are dialed in Vinit, welcome. Vinit, you are dialed in. Like you are in your field, like to be the CIO of Inspire Us, like you have to be the most adaptable to change. Um, and that's that's what you kind of live and breathe. And as we talk about what you're dialed into, which is bridging the technology divide, you want to help me lay some foundation, some context around like, first let's establish like what is this divide that you're speaking of? And then let's talk about how, you, how you're bridging it. Of course. And uh, it's it's a very interesting concept, and it's a, a thought that came to me quite a few years ago as I was actually uh, going through a, a discussion with some of our business folks. So what happens if you think about the industry as a whole, right? Either you're a technology-heavy industry, meaning you are the tech company that is bringing out solutions into the marketplace and selling them, right? Pure technology companies, Apple, really. Think about one of those. Um, but then there are thousands and thousands and thousands of companies which are actually business driven. They're not technology driven, right? In the sense that they have technology shops, they have technology arms who are there to actually support the business, right? So think of airline industry, which is where I came from most recently, by the way. So that is actually is in the business of transporting people from point A to point B, right? They're not a technology company, are they? They're not. Right. Similar to what we do at Inspires, we are here in the business of providing recognition to employees. We're not a technology company per se, but we provide stuff to get, uh, we provide technology to get it done. So when you look at that in that context, technology for whatever reason becomes a support function. And that is something that started me to think is that why is it a support function? Why is it not the main thing? Why is it not the business itself? So when you, when you look, that's when you start to interact more and more with the business folks and when you sit with them to say, what are we trying to solve for? What's most important to us now? And when you start to solve for those, it's for them, it's about, I need to get this stuff out in the marketplace now. I need to be able to produce a product that can get into people's hands quickly. I need to give more power to the people. And I want technology to do this for me. But why is it after the fact? Right? Why is technology not forefront? Why is not technology at the seat with the business to say, what are we trying to solve? So technology becomes the business. And, and for me, that was such a, an important moment because then I started to look at technology as being the business itself and not being a support function of the business. So the divide there was, we're going to, business is going to think something and throw it over the fence and then technology is going to go solve it for us. That's the divide. And I really want, really dial into getting that wall shattered. So it's all together. We sit together, discuss together, and come up with those solutions together. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very much like siloed, right? Like the left side of the house, the right side of the house. Uh, not, not exactly. There's more than those two sides, but um, just for simplicity here, um, you know, like what you said, right? Like, here's the problem. Here, tech guys, go solve this problem. And really, like, how can we enable you, the non-tech people, to like uh, come together with us and be more collaborative and actually like come to, come together on the problem and not just toss this over to us and say, "Here, solve it with technology." Right? That's what you're saying. Absolutely, and that's true because there are there are repercussions to that. 
Right? When, when you do that, when something is thrown over the fence, guess what happens? The tech guys think they have the best solution and they go start doing the solution side of it without even understanding what the business needs are. Yeah, right? exactly. No, definitely. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's been some, you know, during these times, like it's interesting, like there's been some, you know, there's some parallels to, to draw to, you know, the, the 1920s, the great depression, although like the great depression, everyone was affected. Like right now, the, what we call the great reset, like not everyone's affected. They're all affected minimally. Uh, there's clear winners and losers. And like the difference, if you really like pull back the onion and like look at all the layers, the difference really is the technology. Like that really is the, like we're, mm -hmm. we've seen that play out like more so than ever before. Like it is exposed. Like the companies that, let, let's take some good, good examples of this. Uh, men's Warehouse, right? Uh, I think the company is called Tailored Brands. They filed bankruptcy recently, right? Uh, men's Warehouse like really relied on you to like go into their facility, go into their store and mm -hmm. you're going to love the way you look. And they relied on that like relationship. Mm -hmm. And then you look at somebody like uh, Untuck It, who was like, they're competing for the same market share, but they started completely 100% e-com, have a very, very, very light retail footprint. And like, they're driven by the technology of mm -hmm. like, getting the attention of the consumer, getting them what they want, when they want, with the discount they want, faster, better, cheaper, yeah. and a better, you know, arguably a, a different, a just different product, right? Not better or worse, but a different experience. Of course. Like, uh, that's a great men, Men's Warehouse couldn't translate that. To, they can't translate that as e-commerce fast enough. Yep. Right? Why? Because they felt that technology is after we've decided what the business needs to be. So it's exactly. too late. It's too late in the game. It's too late in the game. But you, you, your examples are spot on. Excellent examples. Right? I also look at the grocery stores of today. Right? Look at what the pandemic did. It forced them to you forced consumers to go to their websites to order stuff so they it can either be delivered to their doorstep or people can just go and pick up curbside. How was curbside pickup a concept that was front and center? It was not six months ago. It was not eight months ago. It was not. No, it was a, it was a novelty like it was a novelty fun feature that yeah. one one out of a hundred people used maybe right. Exactly. So where did it come from? How did they suddenly become? A, it's possible to do it versus no. I want foot. I I really need foot traffic into my into my premises. How does that change? Right. That's where had, if technology is for front and center with the with the companies with the businesses. This wouldn't have happened. But those who can adapt would adapt quickly. Those who wouldn't have to wait or go under like men's warehouse. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no, I mean, it, it's very well said. I mean, and with your background, like coming from the airline industry, like the airline industry, the hospitality industry, like the travel industry, like, you know, and, and some of those businesses, like, uh, not to say that you can't, but like, it's to be seen yet of like of like how you can traverse this digital uh, divide of like you know very much rely on on people in seats right very much rely on people in rooms and in mm -hmm. seats mm -hmm. like for them like that's going to be a huge challenge to figure out like how they can how they can figure out how to make additional revenue sources without that right without requiring that yes and it's it is hard right ultimately but, but the travel in the hospitality industry is a little different, right? They do need physical bodies on a plane. Yeah. And, and, and uh, when I was with the airlines, it was very, when you start to do the analysis, really it boils down to that one seat in the back of the plane that actually helps you make or break it. It could get down that granular, 
right? Um, the rest of it all cost. It's going towards running the airlines, running, keeping the operations up and running. What the airlines trend to do, and a lot of it has to do with how quickly can we get our message out? How quick, quickly can we get uh, the power of being able to book to see what's going on in the palm of people's hands? That is where the te technology really helps for them. Ultimately, yes, it's about the decision that individuals make, whether I'm going to fly now or I don't fly. That's something you can't, you can't ever predict. Um, but to be able to give that information so they can make informed decision when they have to, it's there. So even airlines are changing, they're adapting. In fact, I, I'm still in touch with a few of the folks from my airline times. I'm, I'm following, I follow the industry very well. Um, so there is, there is, there's opportunities there. Even what we do, even what we do at Inspirus, enabling the employee experience, giving them, uh, this is especially now, it's especially important now, Kyle, that when everybody's working remote, when everybody's doing things not face-to-face, -face, it is very hard to recognize your employees, right? How, how do we now provide the opportunity for people to be recognized? Because, and, and I can go into this forever and ever, right? Because yeah, employee, please do. Employee engagement is, is a wonderful, wonderful space. It's not very mature yet. It's, it's getting there. Uh, but ultimately, when people have realized, companies have realized that it's the employees that make them tick, it's about recognizing those employees. And that's the space we are in. And we provide the tools, we provide the software, we provide the merchandise, we provide all of those to help companies to uh, enable that, right? But today, it's not possible. You, the face-to-face -face is gone. So how do you actually present a physical piece of recognition to somebody? So we've used, we've used our supply chain. We have now changed it to, to a way where we can deliver it directly to the end recipients. In fact, just last week, we did that uh, a, a small recognition for our team, uh, which we had gone through a big project, and we had all their recognition pieces delivered to their individual addresses. So if we were not ready to do that, and if our systems didn't support, it wouldn't happen at all. Uh, also for the businesses who rely on us, we are coming up with these holiday themes where you know how Christmas is coming up. So people, companies usually have the biggest Christmas parties ever. That's why oh, yeah. they hand out bonuses and all these little goodies. I for one look forward to our Christmas parties. It's so much fun, so much fun. Not possible, right? Not possible this year at least. So how do we enable those businesses to help their employees? If we were not ready to do this, and if we had not really been, and technology, had technology not been part of those decisions that we were making in the boardroom, Trust me, it would have taken us longer to get to that point. Because we have the capability to do it quicker, to turn it around, yes, we can. And that is where I keep talking about technology being in bed with the business, right? Um, so it is having the seat at the table to be hearing, to be listening, to be, to be thinking through solutions along with the business and not having to say, you know what, I'm going to be sitting here. Whatever the business comes, they're going to tell me, and I'm going to tell them it's going to take them two years to do it, right? That's not, right. That's not a good place to be. So right. that's why it is really, really important to, to make sure that the, the divide that we create, we actually have created this ourselves, right? Either, uh, either the technology folks have been like, oh, hey, this is complex, this is going to take so much time and I can't give it to you when you want it. Or I'm going to give you something more and more and more and all the bells and whistles, which the business doesn't want anyways. Right, right. So, <laughs> so now, now, now you talk about why, who created that divide in the first place? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, with with all the technical jargon and the acronym land that we all that those of us in the tech field live in, right? It's easy to like go into a boardroom and like just confuse everyone in that boardroom with just like acronym this, jargon that, yes. and they're like, 
okay, yeah, we'll just we'll just call you when we need you to <laughs> fill in some jargon yeah. acronyms, right? <laughs> so uh, changing that conversation to like to to paring down, right? Um, almost like almost like stoic in nature to like pare down our our vocabulary and just communication styles to be like, hey, this is the outcome you want. Sales velocity, mm-hmm. cool. There's the outcome you want. Like this solution tailors to sales velocity. And now you're speaking to that CRO or the sales leader, yeah. the CSO or whatever. And like now it's like, cool. Now it's not even about the technology. Like you and I are working on the same outcome, which is increasing sales velocity. And yeah, there's like, there's probably Salesforce or something else over here. There's a phone system, there's a contact, there's an email. Yes, there's all these things, all this jargon and tech language. Yeah. But the point is, the outcome is sales velocity is going to do this, yeah. right? So like that's that's yeah. where where we need to be, and that's that's where some some companies are, right? So what what do you think is the differentiator from um, from uh, the ones that are getting this right now and the ones that aren't? It's important to speak their language, right? If you go in there and speak the tech language, just like you said, these jargons and all these, just to make yourself look very smart and look at all the things that I went to school for, and then I have all these crazy ideas and stuff. If it just flies over the head of a business, it's not. So the differentiator really is, I would always say, learn the language of the business. That is why I would say, be the business. And I have been very, very fortunate that way because every place that I've worked, especially I've tried to first reach out to the business folks and the business folks have been phenomenal. They, they have been very kind to actually take me under the wing to show me around just what happens, how things are run and what they mean when they say something, right? It is, impo- it is important that we speak their language. We cannot become these tech gurus and try to show that we are smarter than everyone else. That's not the case at all, ever, right? We are here to solve something. We are here to enable our business. We're not here to enable technology, right? Technology enables business, as simple as that. So if you're really asking for differentiators, that is the first and foremost, I would say, learn the language of the business, understand, be in their shoes, see what they do, how they do it. Yeah, no, 100%, well said, well said, Vineet. Now, you know, over over the last, uh, I think, what, nine months now, I guess it's been nine months. So over the last nine months, you know, besides the obvious things, right? What would you say is like the most surprising thing or the most, uh, you know, shocking story that you've heard that you can relate to? Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, the obvious things are the obvious things that everybody's facing this. Everybody goes through, you know, how do I make my um, business resilient? How do I make, keep my people engaged? How do we make sure that we can do more with what we have? It's, it's, it is, that's been the primary focus of a lot of things. What is the most shocking thing? Um, I would try, I, if you don't mind, I would like to switch that around and say, what is the most surprising thing that I've seen? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so like, like most businesses, um, ours faced some headwinds too with the, with the pandemic. And I told you, we are, we are heavily in the employee engagement space and therefore you know, employee engagement becomes prime. And, and a lot of that gets, it depends on how the, how the businesses are doing that are our clients. In the middle of all of this, we had some challenges that we had to overcome to make sure that our business continues to stay resilient and relevant, both. And when, when the team was, when, when, we, when we were talking to the rest of our organization and we were laying out on, on um, what are some of the headwinds that we are facing, what we could be facing, 
in our business, we also do some, some, some sort of shipping. Okay. And when COVID hit, we had to shut down the facilities, which means it impacted our shipping. These are the things that have to go out to the clients. I cannot, it has to go out on time. So if you're getting recognized for something, Kyle, on let's say you completed 10 years in your place of work and you, you need that 10 year uh, anniversary gift in your hands when that event happens, not a year from now. So much so now with, the, with all that that happened for us, it was hard for us to um, make sure that it gets on time. But when we actually placed it in front of our organization, the rallying cry was so loud and clear. We had volunteers, 40% of our workforce volunteered and they put in over a thousand hours of work collectively just to make sure that nothing gets the person who has to receive it, receive it receives it on the day he has to receive it. Wow. Right. So that to me was you, you talk of resilience, you talk of coming together and that the rallying cry became for us at that point in time. It was all together. Right? We were all together in this and it changed. So I would look that, at that, it. That, that, that's a that's a huge testament to the culture you guys are building over there uh, at Aspirus, right? So like yeah. how 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 would you say how would you say the culture was pre-COVID versus now? So Inspirus is a very, very different animal. Um, so we are, we look at ourselves as a community. It's a small community. Um, people are connected all the time and, and people are talking all the time. We share so many stories and, and everything else. So prior to this, it, for us, it, was, it would look like any other day in the building, right? People are together milling around and doing it. But when COVID hit and everyone had to be remote, what would happen to that culture? That was important. But guess what? Whatever culture that we have built out over the last several years and the people who have been living that culture, people who propagate that culture came together. So there was really, I don't think we, there was even a blip because it was in their, in their DNA. They picked what they have always been doing in applied that in a remote, remote situation and yet succeeded. Wow. So the culture, the culture is the same, if not stronger because yes. of this. This only proved that whatever we've been thinking of business as usual continues to be business as usual, even in a pandemic. Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and Todd, Todd bringing the, the hashtag power. Appreciate that, man. <laughs> um, definitely, definitely some good stuff there. Um, so, so Vinny, like as, as we, you know, as you're looking forward, right. Um, I think, is it, is it safe to say, and this is kind of how I feel, this is my perspective on it and correct me with yours, but is it safe to say that the world is, uh, awoken to the fact that oh hey maybe this technology thing is actually the business like hey maybe we maybe we do got to pay attention to our cios maybe we do got to pay attention to our CISOs. this technology thing the security thing like all this stuff actually actually is super relevant and we need it to survive yeah. more than, we, more than not, not that they didn't think that they did but now they realize wow it really is everything yes and and here's here's the thing right Look at the companies that have succeeded enormously in this time. Amazon. All companies. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon. Man, oh man. That, that's when I, when I think of Jeff Bezos. Visionary. Visionary, right? So it's completely eliminating a, a physical layer in between and trying to connect the consumer to the product right away. Right. Tech technology. It's a technology enabled business. That's the reason why Amazon is thriving. Yeah. Now who's who's following in their footsteps? Walmart. Right. They're coming up with their Walmart Plus 
concept, which is again following through those footsteps. And so and, and, and no no no, sh- no I don't mean this disrespectful to Walmart at all. They're, they're a very widely respected business, yeah, yeah. but like you know, who would have thought that Walmart would have been following in the footsteps of Amazon, which was an online bookstore? Yes. Who, would have, who would have thought that? <laughs> exactly. Right? And that's what I'm trying to say is like Walmart, a big, big retailer, an extremely successful retailer, also has realized the impact of, um, of technology and moving towards Walmart Plus, which is a technology-enabled business versus a business-enabling technology, right? So, oh, yeah. So that is why I would definitely think that the pandemic has opened doors for technology like never before. If you yeah. can do everything that you can do remotely, you oh, yeah. do you look at, you look at You look at Disney, right? Like Disney Cruises, Disney Resorts, like uh-huh. obviously down. Disney Plus all of a sudden up, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, I'm, I'm a consumer of Disney Plus only because of the pandemic because my child wanted that. You know? Of course, yeah. Oh, so, I think, we, I think we, if you have kids, you automatically buy a subscription. Yes, you do. Yeah. You don't think. I mean, at, at, at the prices they are at, you're like, okay, not a big deal. You know? Done. Yeah. So, it is. So the, I think I think the evolution, uh, not like technology was never considered a, 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 an in thing, but I think the pandemic has also helped reveal that things can be done without impacting businesses wherever you are with the help mm-hmm. of technology. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, you know, I, I think at the end of the day here, you know, I think um, the CIO uh, takes a definite more prominent spot at that C-level boardroom because i mean that's really you know the cio is more more so empowered right now absolutely um, i mean it's really like really it's the golden age of the cio if yeah you really look, look, look into like the, these next like this was this was the this was the if you weren't already right some companies already were but if you weren't already like this was the awakening moment like okay our cio this is t- it's time to step it up like it we're, we, we gotta we have to get this is live this is Live or die. Yeah, you know, going yeah. in the in the next uh, half decade here yeah. and beyond. And and the, I think in that regard, I've been very fortunate because the CIO is part of the executive team decision making body. So for me, it, it's it, it's not a different thing. But I do know a lot of organizations where CIO actually enter, uh, in turn reports into a CIO or a CFO and the CFO, yeah, up, right. Yeah. So like uh, the the CIO reporting to the CFO makes li- like. Zero sense. Zero sense. Zero sense. Zero, but uh, apparently, like once upon a time, it did, and that that's okay. Yeah. But, like that anymore. paradigm. That yeah. paradigm needs to go away. Yeah, like, not not anymore. At the same time, I do have a word of caution for CIOs or you know decision making uh, executives around technology. This is not a green light to have technology take over the business, right? It is not. So I would definitely caution. Let's not go back into those. Same old habits of saying, "Hey, technology! We're the smartest people on earth, and we know how to solve things in a, yes. in, a in a wonderful way, right?" And then uh, it goes spiraling down because when the cycle turns, right, uh-huh. so you will lose that. So now is yeah. the time to actually show the true value, being a true partner to every aspect of our business, and not just trying to say, "Hey, so technology saved the world for you, so don't forget it," right? Oh yeah, no, that that's a great point, Vinny. I mean, uh, you know. Uh, assuming and we haven't but like if you assumed that we've already bridged the technology divide don't don't be one that's creating a, the next divide Absolutely. by, by over rotating and thinking that the cio is now the center of the universe right yeah. so it's all about balance right it's it all is. about balance it's like you know the cio needs to take that prominent spot like where mm-hmm. they are but also like let's let's continue to communicate across the silos to communicate the cfo's language communicate in the 
uh, CRO's language, right? Mm -hmm. And a CMO. Yep. You'd be able to communicate effectively uh, and just collaborate as a team, right? That's what it's about. Go exactly. And outcomes. Yeah. And you, I couldn't have said it any better. Well said, Kyle. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. So um, what's... Uh, what's next for you? Like what's next on the horizon? Like what's the next big thing that you're excited about or like the next project or the next, the next thing that like is just, you know, keeping you going. So we have actually, believe it or not, a number of initiatives in our company um, that is going to help us go from legacy to post legacy, which is more modern. And, and one of a couple of big projects are already underway. One of them is the ERP. We are moving from a, a legacy ERP into a more cloud ERP and something that's going to help us leapfrog some of our, our challenges uh, in our accounting and manufacturing areas. So that is key. And technology is a huge part of that whole transformation from legacy to modern. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's, I, I bet most of your other other initiatives are hinging on that one because that is like that's the big overhaul. That's the big one. That's the big one. And then be, right behind that, we are looking at other things to do with our manufacturing, right? So how to be, gain efficiencies within that, that those cycles, our supply chain, um, everything around that that aspect. But at the same time, there are also several uh, in-house applications that we have built. And as would happen with any other organization, as you start building it, you keep building it, and then you also keep increasing your technical debt. So we are looking at opportunities to reducing that mountain of debt, getting to a more cloud-based modern approach on how we're going to do even software development within the house, and then tie it into the ERP so it comes together at the, at the time that it has to. So major initiatives for us um, going in the next six to eight months. Uh, Vinny, like everything you just said, it's as if you've already seen our keynote that's airing tomorrow. I swear. Oh, is that right? Okay. <laughs> I swear. It's as if you've already seen it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like we're definitely in alignment with uh, with what uh, the views and thoughts here. Um, you know, we are at the uh, thirty minute mark here, so I want to be cognizant of your time and everyone's time here. So, like as we're as we're wrapping up here, you know what um, what what are some some things that you do or uh, to help your team do? to like continue to, to be the most adaptable to change, continue to stay dialed in to the mission and to, to what drives you guys? Yeah. So Kyle, that is really important. It's a very good question. I think it's very contextual too. More often than not as leaders, we think we know what's best. We think we have seen the world. We think we have experienced enough. That's why I'm in the position that I'm in. The truth is totally the other way. Right. I'm here because I'm learning something. I'm experiencing something. I'm adding to that experience. I've noticed and I've seen and, and, and it's, it's, it, I'm a big believer in this. For, it's not enough for me to be dialed in if my team is also not dialed in. And how do you get your team to be dialed in? Do not ever assume that they know lesser than you do. Just lay the cards on the table and believe me, the team is going to pick up the right cards and push you and propel you forward. There is no two ways about it. Be open with your team. Be honest with the team. Give them the goal. Give them the purpose. And they are dialed in from day one. And it's not going to be easy. There will be challenges. If you're new, if you're new to any organization, if you're new to any place, there are, there's a learning curve. There are bumps in the road. It's, it's a matter of adjustments, right? People, the, your team has to get adjusted to you. You have to get adjusted to your team, the culture, their culture, your culture, what they bring. But never, ever assume that you know more than them. They definitely know more than you. And you just have to lay the cards on. 
Wow. Uh, I, I love that so much in so many different ways, Vineet. Um, that's, that's some very wise advice. Um, you know, coming to the stature of someone like your position, like CIO, I mean, it's definitely something that you earn and it's a, a very respectable title. And then to still have the, the, the nomenclature to, to be there and have balance and say, you know, I'm, I'm really here for you guys. Like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know everything. I, I did what I did to get here and I'm going to help us all get there, but you're going to help us all get there. Really. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if I may add, I'm, I'm, I'm a big sports uh, analogy guy. And I look at this, any team as a, even if you think about a football team, right? There's people and they're on, on, uh, watching from upstairs, right? The, the coordinators who are running the place from upstairs. There's a coach down there and there are players on the field. Every person has a role to play. You cannot expect the quarterback to become a running back all of a sudden. Well, these days there are some quarterbacks who can. But uh, yeah, yeah. but you know what I'm saying, right? The quarterback cannot become a, a safety all of a sudden. Every person has a role to play to move those 10 yards every four attempts, right? That is what, when everyone play, plays their role to the hilt, you're going to get to the end zone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that. Love that. Everyone has a role to play. Todd, Todd out there said, wow, that's leadership. So yeah, that's yeah, the best, thanks, way to, Pat. best way to sum that up. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, uh, Vineet, what is, uh, what is, what's the biggest area related to your role that you're, you're the most curious about learning next? It's, um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot to learn, Kyle. There's absolutely a lot to learn. Um, you know, yes, I come from a very strong technology background. I, I, I am actually an engineer in computer sciences by my education. So, you would, you would like to think that, yes, everything you've learned in college and everything that you applied over your, your, your career, which is for me 25 plus years, uh, yeah, you know something about everything, but you don't know everything about something, right? So you start to look at those, how the technology has evolved, where we are today, cloud, how, how do things work uh, in the cloud? What do we need to get there? Yes, we can, I can understand, I can move it over there, but how does it work once it's in the cloud? Right? There's, there's opportunities for learning. But more importantly, I think for me, it's not about the technology aspect because I do know, and I, when we hire for technology, we, more, we make sure that we hire the people with the knowledge that who can fill the gaps. So things that I don't know, are the, I'm, I'm looking for uh, to hire people who can fill that gap. The important thing for me is to learn the business side of it. Uh, it so we have, in, in, when you look at business, a, a large business has many, many aspects of it, right? So you have, obviously you have the, the usual, the HR, the finance, but and the sales. Beyond that, you also have operations in some instances. Um, how do that? How does that work? In in some instances, if you're actually providing account management services, you have those. How do you do that? So for me, it's important to learn the other aspects of the business, and that's how I look at myself. And I think for me to be successful in my role, it is important I learn the aspects of business, then try to apply what technology helps to build to to again uh, bridge the divide. Wow! Wow! Powerful. Is there is there a book or a resource that like you just you, you love to recommend more than anything? Well, I I've been reading a few quite a few books on leadership, um, but I would I would say especially if those who are starting out on their careers were looking to get uh, take a leap into the next level, um, I would recommend a book called The Four Agreements, and this is by Don Miguel Ruiz, right? 
It yeah. is such a powerful book. It's a very small book. Trust me. It's, I think, about 120 pages, if not oh. lesser than that. And you've read that, I'm assuming, Kyle. Yes. Uh, so it is so powerful and so eye-opening that it will help you set your career on a path that likes of which you probably have never seen. But you have to understand the, 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 the message behind that. Oh, um, for yeah, those and, who, and that that book that book transcends uh, the professional world. To absolutely, the, it, it covers everything. It covers everything, and but for those who are already in leadership roles and things that they face in in or or may likely face soon, there's a book that I read a couple of years ago. It was a book called Forged in Crisis by Nancy Kahn, who is a historian at um, the Harvard Business School. Very powerful book, and I still go back to that book every now and then. It talks about five leaders and five leaders from different areas, right? It talks about um, Ernest Shackleton who tried to get to the South Pole. It talks about Abraham Lincoln, talks about Frederick Douglass. It talks about Rachel Carson, who was instrumental in the setting up of the EPA in our country. Um, and then it also talks about um, uh, Dietrich von, von Heffer, if I'm butchering the name, I'm sorry, uh, who actually took on the Nazis. Five different people coming from different areas of life, but how they all used crises to actually discover themselves and their leadership styles and traits and how they overcame that. Very, very powerful book. It's, uh, it's called Forged in Crisis. Um, I think it's a fantastic leadership read. If people haven't done it, I would highly recommend that book. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's, that's not one I've read, so I'll, I'll be uh, sure to look at that one. Sure, I'd be happy to discuss and debate with you when you're done. Awesome. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. Um, a few more questions here. Uh, if you could get, uh, if you could get dinner or coffee with anyone in the world, living or dead, who would it be? Oh my God, that's a long list. Only <laughs> oh, one. The, the first one. The first one. Uh, the first one. I will. I would. You know, I've been reading up on uh, on uh, Gandhi uh, a few of weeks now. So amazing how this frail gentleman very non-muscular, took on an entire empire, not just in India, but also South Africa, and brought about changes that completely changed the way the world should operate, right? at, least, at least for those times, using non-violence as a method against the most powerful empire on earth at that point in time. How would he do it? What motivated him to do it? What I mean, how do I mean, looking at himself, he's like this five feet something skinny, you know, nothing else, just his words. How did he get that courage to take it on? And how, what, how did he motivate masses of people to take it on? Yeah, really interesting, don't you think? Very, but very much so. Yeah, I've, I've, I've studied him as well. I mean, very much so. Yeah, no, that's, that's incredible. Um, that, that's a great one. Uh, and then uh, last last question here. Um, so, Vineet, uh, you are clearly dialed in. Your team is dialed in. You know, just for our viewers here and for people watching, you know, in your perspective, in your opinion, what does it mean to be dialed in? One, f first, first and foremost, I, I, I could use just one word. I would just say focus, right? Once, once you have set a goal, stay focused. Does it mean that you don't waver? You do. You do waver. But are you courageous enough to waver? What does, and what does wavering mean? And this is something that I learned um, through one of my mentors a long time ago. It's like, do not prepare to make mistakes. 
but make mistakes to prepare. Never be afraid to make mistakes. Right? That's only the only way to go forward is that. And once you have your mind set on that, you have your goal, you have your focus, and you're not afraid to make mistakes, you are dialed in. You're in the moment. That was that was the best moment. <laughs> that was the best moment right there. Uh, I want I want to make sure I mark that for our editors. Um, that was the moment. Go back and and rewatch that piece right there. Um, love it, Vinny. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, you know, and uh, any any last words? I mean, you already kind of knocked it out of the park with that one, but any oh, no. thoughts? Thank you for really having me on this show. I have listened to many other speakers on this show. Kyle, you do a wonderful job. It's a it's a it's a very easy place to be. It's conversational. It's very well done. Um, and I look forward to many, many more events through Elevate um, and I'm looking forward to Tola. And I do certainly hope one day when everything is back to at least seemingly normal, whatever the new normal is at that time, I like to meet so many of the wonderful people that are part of this exchange. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate that, Vinny. And it's, you know, it's, it's, in, the, it's in the conversations that uh, that true value can just rear its head, right? It's in the conversations when you're not trying to be valuable, when you actually end up being the most valuable. So I appreciate you for sharing your story and for sharing your stuff with us. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Dialed In. This show is brought to you by Acuerdo.io, the world's first orchestration agency for the future of work. Go check us out at Acuerdo.io. This show can also not be put together without great partners, Robin Austin and Casey Yarbrough of Elevate Exchange, membership for IT leaders. And remember, to win in life, to win in business, to win in your career, it's not about being the strongest, the fastest, or the smartest, simply about being the most adaptable to change, the most dialed in.